0: Welcome to Entrepreneurial Entrails for some short stories on the guts and glories of being an entrepreneur. and welcome to Entrepreneurial Entrails. My name is Elizabeth Plouffe and um, and hopefully you know that by now. But today is Wise Word Wednesdays and Wise Word Wednesdays is the day where I either talk about a business book that I've read or discuss uh, an app or a software or something that can help your business. And today you're going to be happy. Well, I hope you're going to be happy. Or I hope if you're not happy by the end of this, you'll find a way to be happy. Because I'm talking about Sean Acor's book, The Happiness Advantage. And if you haven't heard about it before, uh, I mean, most people have, this book was originally written in 2010, which, you know, you might say, hey, why is she only getting to that now? Well, I read a lot, um, and uh, it, it wasn't on my list. But one of the things that sort of came to me the other day is that just because it's from 2010 doesn't mean it shouldn't be revisited and discussed and what have you. And... Because I'm a big research geek, this book especially appealed to me because happiness for some people can be considered a touchy-feely kumbaya topic and uh, and that's a shame because happiness can affect your life obviously in so many ways that people may or may not understand and this kind of book is what you need to get over the kumbaya of happiness and start applying some of these principles. So I'm going to go through a bit of the book. I have over 30 stickies in this book that uh, mark key points that really s- struck me. Uh, usually with a book that I'm really inspired by, like Adam Grant's Originals or Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, I end up creating uh, quotes that I share later on. And this one is just so full of actionable quotes that I'm, I'm beyond thrilled. So I went to Sean Acor's website, Good Think. Um, he, and, and it appears to be I'm not sure if that's his wife or not. But anyway, um, he's the co-founder and CEO of Good Think, And what it says here is, Sean Acor is a New York Times bestselling author, author of Before Happiness and the Happiness Advantage. He is the winner of over a dozen distinguished teaching awards at Harvard University, where he delivers, delivered lectures on positive psychology in the most popular class at Harvard. Sean has become one of the world's leading experts on the connection between happiness and success. After spending 12 years at harvard university sean has become one of the world's leading experts on the connection between happiness and success this is his bio Uh, where did it go his research on happiness made the cover of the harvard business review his ted talk's actually really good you can go and have a look at that and he has lectured on pbs and what have you sean has worked with over a third of the fortune 100 companies and lectured in more than 50 countries speaking to ceos in china senior leaders at the Pentagon, school children in South Africa, and farmers in Zimbabwe. His happiness advantage training is the largest and most successful positive psychology corporate training program to date in the world. So I can continue going on, um, but I'm just gonna jump into the book because it's just so great. Um, So I'm gonna give you a quick overview. I'm hopefully gonna cut out the ums because I've caught myself a few times over the last couple of podcasts having an um umpalooza, which uh, makes me insane. So in the introduction, uh, I'm just going to read you there, see another, um, I'm just going to read this quickly. If you observe the people around you, you'll find most individuals follow a formula that has been subtly or not so subtly taught to them by their schools, their company, their parents, or society. That is, if you work hard, you will become successful. And once you become successful, then you'll be happy. This pattern of belief explains what most often motivates us in life. We think, if I can just get that raise or hit that next sales target, I'll be happy. If I can just get that next good grade, I'll be happy. If I lose that five pounds, I'll be happy. I have said that. And so on. Success first, happiness second. The only problem is that the formula is broken. If success causes happiness, then every employee who gets a promotion, every student who receives an acceptance letter, everyone who has ever accomplished any goal of any kind should be happy. But with each victory, our goalposts of success keep getting pushed further and further out so that happiness gets pushed over the horizon. And I, as soon as I read that, I was hooked. You know, I was absolutely hooked. And I'm going to just read you a few other things. So there's some interesting quotes here. One in particular is um, there is an illusion. and, And I would assume that by now most people understand it, that while most of your brain your patterns your belief systems and what have you are formed while you're young there is neuroplasticity or your brain is able to change throughout the course of your entire life that's why somebody who has a stroke at say 75 can relearn can uh, work around the brain actually creates new networks to allow different parts of the brain that are undamaged to allow them to gain back skills once upon a time we thought that was it your brain was like a rock and nothing was going to change so it says here um doctors what have you students primed it turns out that our brains are literally hardwired to perform at their best not when they are negative or even neutral but when they are positive i I just i'll find you some other stuff but man this is so interesting and it continues on i found some really interesting stuff here so brain change once once thought impossible is now a well-known fact one that is supported by some of the most rigorous and cutting-edge research in neuroscience and the implications are far-reaching Once our brains were discovered to have such built-in plasticity, our potential for intellectual and personal growth suddenly became equally malleable. As you're about to read over the next seven sections, studies have found numerous ways we can rewire our brains to be more positive, creative, resilient, and productive, to see more possibility wherever we look. Indeed, if our thoughts, daily activities, and behaviors can change our brain, the greatest question becomes not if, but how much change is possible. And putting that limitlessness on your potential for success and and happiness and change is just a crazy thing. And ironic that I put success first and happiness second, given that one does not beget the other. Uh, It goes on and that kind of thing that I've just read there is actually substantiated by 17 pages of footnotes. At the end of the book. So this is not, this is not bogus people, this is not kumbaya, this is factual science-based stuff which for me anyway makes it much easier uh, to apply and to understand and to share. And it goes on here, with this in mind, so this is talking about larger shifts in thinking and behavior, and the happiness advantage as far as what can actually happen with it. With this in mind, here are a number of proven ways we can improve our moods and raise our levels of happiness throughout the day. Each activity listed below not only gives us a quick boost of positive emotions, improving our performance and focus in the moment. This can be while you're, this is me talking, not the book. This can be while you're at home, out in the community, while you're working, what have you but if performed habitually over time, each has been shown to permanently raise our happiness baseline. Of course, since happiness is subjective and not the same for everyone, we all have our own favorite happiness booster. Mine is tea and reading and talking to friends and baking. When I'm having a down moment, um, and this is one thing that I have learned and has been substantiated, when you're having a down moment, you know, especially if you're in business for yourself and you're feeling a little like a kicked puppy, go back to something that you're really good at and engage in that for a short period of time. For me, it's baking. If I'm having a down day, I will go back and I will bake like a ninja because it makes me feel good that I can take disparate ingredients and create something that my family really enjoys. So the activities that are listed here is meditation, Uh, find something to look forward to and an example is one study found that people who just thought about watching their favorite movie actually raised their endorphin levels by 27%. Endorphin is your happiness thing in your brain. Commit conscious acts of kindness. If you're in line for a coffee, pay for the person behind you. If you are walking by a bookstore and you see a magazine that's going to make your mom smile, pick it up. If you are in a situation where you know somebody's hard-pressed for groceries, go online and order a whack of groceries for them and have it delivered. There's so many, uh, there's simple ways. It's just walking up to somebody and saying thank you for the hard work they've done and giving them a handshake or a hug. If this continues on to say infuse positivity into your surroundings, so things that inspire you, make you happy, whether it's pictures of your family or... I happen to, I have pictures of my family as well, but around my desk area, I have a ton of uh, little action figures from a variety of movies you know Monsters Inc I have the Incredibles I have Nemo and you know now people just find them and give them to me my son is especially keen for that Um, exercise is a huge one to burn off stress and allow you to take part in the endorphin ritual joggers people who engage in some intense exercise they get that endorphin pump spend money but not on stuff Contrary to the popular saying, money can buy happiness, but only if used to do things as opposed to simply having things. Take yourself out for a movie, take yourself out for a latte with a friend, talk to your spouse, see if there's some kind of class you wanna do together, build some conscious happiness. When you attach an activity to happiness, it's that much easier to use later on as a tool to boost you when you're having a a bad day. Um, Exercise a signature strength, and this is what I was just saying about going back to the uh, the baking. Uh, he says here, when 577 volunteers were encouraged to pick one of their signature strengths and use it on a new way each day for a week, they became significantly happier and less depressed than the control groups. So rah, rah, if you like to bake, go get some cookies on because plus it's fun. So going into principle number two, which is the fulcrum and the lever. Um, i'll i'll backtrack for a second because what i had meant to do was give you an overview of the uh, of the chapters which i don't know where that's gone hang on one second you think i'd be able okay so the seven principles of happiness principle one is the happiness advantage principle two is the fulcrum and the lever principle three is the tetris effect principle four is falling up principle five is the Zoro circle which is so cool Principle 6 is the 22nd rule and Principle 7 is social investment. Each one is backed by scientific evidence. Each one is written about in such a way that it's really easy to understand and incorporate into your life. Uh, I'm no way implying that it's dumbed down, but I think for a lot of people with a book like this when you get into research and science around a particular thing, when the author doesn't take into account their audience it can be really hard for people to take that message on. And uh, Mr. Acor has written this in such a way that I think readers of all kinds of levels would be able to understand and incorporate the information. Into the Fulcrum and the Lever, he says, studies show that simply believing we can bring about positive change in our lives increases motivation and job performance. That success in, uh, (coughs) pardon me, in essence, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. One study of 112 entry-level accountants found that those who believed they could accomplish what they set out to do were the ones who 10 months later scored the best job performance ratings from their supervisors. Amazingly, their belief in their own ability was an even stronger predictor of job performance than the actual level of skill or training that they had. And that doesn't mean that they're cocky and and they're being braggart about it, but that they believe that they can accomplish their goals. And my mom and I have gone head to head in this a little bit because I will make food for a party that I've never made before and she believes that you should always serve you know the tried and true and I always go into it believing that it's going to taste good and be successful so I just go for it and I don't think I've had a failure yet so rah rah me. So at the very end the last chapter is about the ripple effect because when you take on the happiness advantage and apply it to your life it's far-reaching beyond just improving your own personal happiness It then spills over into your business relationships, into your work, into your social groups, into networking. When you are happier, people know. People sense it, people see it. It translates into confidence. It translates into ways that you you would not even think about. And it has such a positive impact because you are more likely then to help others. You're more likely not to operate from fear. And fear is such a constricting, narrow way to function in life that how can you not choose to find ways to be happier, which makes your life and everybody else's better. So the end chapter here. um, When you capitalize on the happiness advantage, you are doing far more than improving your own well-being and performance. The more you profit from the principles in this book, the more everyone around you profits. In Principle 1, we talked about the... I can't say this properly. Copernican revolution underway in the field of psychology and, and how just as Copernicus discovered that the Earth actually orbits the sun... Recent advances in positive psychology and neuroscience have taught us that success actually revolves around happiness, not the other way around. Well, as it turns out, and as you've seen in this chapter, this finding is even more revolutionary than we could have ever imagined. Because now we also know it's not just our own individual success that orbits around our happiness. By making changes within ourselves, we can actually bring the benefits of the happiness advantage to our teams, our organizations, and everyone around us. So this is a fantastic book. I highly recommend that you either get it out of the library, get it on Amazon, read it on your Kindle, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> no pun intended. And really try and apply some of the principles. Um, I'm actually interested in reading it again or reading select ones, and I, I just finished it last week because there's just so much information to take on. Um, watching Sean Acor's TED Talk, he does use some of the language that he's written in the book so you can get a taste for what he's talking about. But I, I just, it's it's one of the better business books I've read in a while um, because it does impact your business. It does impact what you're trying to do and grow and believing in that. So take a look. It's Sean Acor, The Happiness Advantage. You can visit his website, uh, goodthink.com. Learn more about him and, and see what's there. It looks, it looks like the books and videos and all kinds of things are, are on the website. But take a look. So I hope this podcast makes you happy today. I hope it makes you think about your happiness and what you can do to make it better because you're worth making it better. And as always, just know you have the guts and glory to make your own story. You can visit me on Twitter at mcvploof. You can visit MCV Communications and see what I've been doing and what I'm up to. And uh, and that's it. I hope you have a fantastic day. Have a happy day. Bye bye.